Welcome in to the Sports Objective Podcast, the unofficial podcast of the Pirates. We've got a fantastic show tonight. We'll have former ECU men's basketball coach Mike Steele to be talking about the NCAA tournament and a different kind of March Madness. The Pirates on the on the diamond, uh, the Buck Pirates, if you will, they actually are going to be playing Elon. And so we'll be talking to head coach of the Elon Phoenix, Mike Kennedy. Uh, great guy. We'll be talking to him on the second part of the show. Uh, right now with us, we have Kyle from McGrange Barber. How are you, man? What's going on, guys? Uh, here on the main streets of Goldsboro, headed back home to Lake Range. All right. Bubba Rosen, Mom, how are you? I'm doing well, guys. As you can tell, I'm finishing up dinner at a local Mexican establishment, and I will be chiming in more shortly. All right. Bubba, I actually just had dinner at a local Mexican establishment. Perhaps you've heard of it, La Taco Bell. <laughs> La- That's what Bell is like, La Taco Bell. <laughs> <laughs> and with us right now off of the off the golf course at Brook Valley, uh, the former home of the Mike jo- uh, Michael Jordan Classic and uh, Brook Valley Country Club, and we have Mike Steele. How are you, Coach? I'm great. We just got finished, and I'm having a glass of wine. I feel like Steve Logan a little bit, you know. I'm, I'm not going to play a guitar or sing or anything, but, you know, he'll, he'll drink a glass of wine. So, yeah, I feel a little bit. Well, should we, well, should we play some blues music? What kind of music do you like, Coach? I'm more of a Motown guy. Yeah. Okay. Rock, Motown, yeah. no. I'm not a blues, no. Hmm. Well, That's if you're going to do like Coach Logan, you're going to have to analyze the wine, not just drinking. you got to tell us all about the body of it. It's red. It's, red, it's a red wine. It's <laughs> great can, with beef. That's all I can get you. It's a red. Okay. All right. <laughs> hey, Mike Steele is my kind of guy. <laughs> I want it off the golf course, off the court, yeah. on no. the court. No. <laughs> I just want to know if it's a boy or a girl. I don't really want to know all the specifics. I just, yeah, I'm pretty simple. <laughs> well, you, uh, we wanted to have you on. I know you had a chance to to go to Indianapolis uh, to the tournament and uh, talk about your experience there. What was it like being a pseudo bubble? This crazy mess we've been living with with COVID nineteen. It's got to be outrageous. I, I take it. Well, you know, it, it, a lot of people thought that all the games were in Indianapolis. Well. Most of them are, but they also played at Mackey Arena at Purdue, which is an hour and a little more than an hour away. And they also played at Bloomington, uh, the Assembly Hall, which is an hour away. They played at Butler, which is about 30 minutes away uh, from downtown. And then they played where the Pacers play, and they played where IUPUI. They've got a renovated uh, the old fairgrounds. So all the teams stayed downtown, but none of those hotels you could get in you could get get in and, and see anybody. They were basically all locked. You couldn't, and no one was staying in the hotels except the team members and staff. I mean, not even parents. And I mean, it was it was really weird and or different. And you know, we my my Big Ten, which has been great all year. They after they lost, <laughs> you know, I thought maybe Ohio State had a bad game. And I thought maybe Purdue had a bad game, but then after nine more of them had bad games, I felt like maybe yeah. maybe they were a little overrated, you know. Between that and and the ACC, we uh, we didn't fare very well. You, yeah, coach, you, you talk about uh, you talk about how things are on lockdown there, and now you can't get in the uh, the hotels and the players. You know, are, do, do you know how how um, what the atmosphere is like in the hotels? Are they trying to? Make it enjoyable for the players. I know the food no. and all is being brought to the players. I mean, are no. they hooking them up with? No, they're not. They're uh, you. You're. They're having all their meals catered to them in the room, and then 
they have a big room where they can have meetings, but that's it. Oh. That's it. There's no, there's no rah-rah. There's, yeah, it's just, uh, well, it's like what they, yeah, it's, and they're going to be there. If the ones that go to the final four will be in the same room, the same hotel for about four weeks. I mean, you, you can, you can, to me, you can isolate and still try to make it enjoyable for them. I mean, I, you know, uh, let all the guys go go eat in the banquet hall together. I don't know. Maybe I'm stupid, but to me, you well, can do you know it. what though, it, 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 they were were so cautious about you know having people bring you food, and you don't know where those people have been. I mean, VCU. I talked to the VCU golf coach out here, and he said that they moved their conference championship to Ohio because you could get fifty percent uh, participation in the events, and VCU had had no trouble all year. They, they they won the conference tournament. They went right to Indianapolis. As soon as they got here, they tested. And they had two or three players, two or three staff, a coach. And, you know, they ended up not not being able to play. So yeah. they're, they're being exceptionally uh, careful because for these teams to get this far, they, they really just it'd – be, it'd be awful like VCU to, you know, to end up not playing. That's true. That's uh, that's been one of the tough things, and now with uh, down to the Sweet Sixteen, what are your thoughts? Uh, a lot of uh, a lot of low seeds making it. I think the most ever we've had in tournament history, going all the way back to was well, eighty-five, the first year of sixty-four teams. So uh, a lot of uh, a lot of teams that you wouldn't expect to be here this time of year. Well, I thought Illinois was really good, really good. And with eight minutes to go in the first half against Loyola Chicago, they had eight points. So the only two teams that I think are really good, maybe better than the rest, are Gonzaga and Baylor. And the rest of them, I think you could just flip a coin. I don't think, uh, you know, I don't think there's anybody that you can look at and say, well, that can't, they can't beat so-and-so. And now Michigan – Michigan, they're second-leading scoring rebounders out for the season, and so they're they're kind of a sitting duck. So, except for those two, I think that the games are all going to be really good. I think they're going to be good. You know, it it's funny how teams get on a roll because this year I didn't think I didn't think Syracuse was very good, and the last five or six games, that Behind kid has, uh, I mean, he's looked like a superstar, and he's kind of just carried that team and. If you didn't know everybody else was supposed to be good, you'd say, well, they're, they might be as good as anybody. It's, uh, it's going to be really interesting to see. I do think anybody has a chance, but I still think that Gonzaga and Baylor are the two best. Good question, Coach. We had David Glenn of the David Glenn Show on last week, and obviously you know how he's big into the ACC, and he told us about Syracuse was a team to watch out for, and here we are with this. And then when you have a legendary coach like Jim Beheim, I mean – you know, he, he's been there, done that. It's not it's not his first rodeo. No, and, you know, I'm kind of intrigued about uh, Loyola Chicago because, you know, they've done this before. And yeah. th- their, their school is right in downtown Chicago. I think uh, Coach Porter is he, – he's, like, from that area. But if I'm – I think this year it'll be very difficult for some of these big time schools not to uh, not to pick him up because he's you know you can go once and call it a fluke you you go twice and you call it Brad Stevens at, at Butler who's now with the Celtics that's in my opinion yeah he, he, you you mentioned a lot of these Big Ten teams that uh, 
didn't do so well in the NCAA tournament. Uh, <laughs> you never know who won't, might want to make a change, and he's right there in Chicago. So there you go. No, and he's making over a million in, uh, there, but you know some of these other oh, guys geez. are making a lot more than that. I mean, I was surprised that Indiana fired their guy. They had to pay him ten ten million, and he finished ninth in the league or tenth in the league. But all the nine teams went to the NCAA tournament. Uh, I, I, that surprised me. I know they told him he had another year left. But then one of their big boosters called and said, "I'm going to give you 10 million, and if you don't fire him, you'll ne- you never get another dime from me." And so they fired him. Welcome to welcome to college athletics at its finest. Hey, Coach, uh, I was going to ask you about that. Who do you like for Indiana? I mean, what's the right after Coach Bob Knight? I mean, what's the right fit for? They've had a, a struggle to really get to the level. They haven't been back to the level of what we grew up with with Indiana. Uh, no. basketball. So what you know, do you think? You know, it's funny that Indiana fans still think that they're one of the blue blood. They're still like a Duke, a Kansas, a Kentucky, and they're not, and they're not. And it's funny. The Purdue fans think that we're still a really good football school and we're not. I mean, it's like, we're, we're so much better in basketball than we are in football. I mean, we've beaten Indiana like 11 out of 12 times now. In wow. Basketball. And that never, you know, that never was going to happen. And they've got, Purdue's got great facilities now. They've got great atmosphere. Coach Painter's a really good coach. I don't know, because, you know, you fire the coach, and now they're going to bring somebody else in. But now they've had five players already go in the portal, five, wow. five returning guys. And so you start off, and you're going to have a brand-new team, and you got – Ohio State, Michigan, et cetera. I mean, it, it, for me, I think unless a coach did something really illegal, I don't see how you can, I don't see how you can judge a, a football or basketball coach this year with all the COVID stuff and all the limited practice time. And all, I just, I just don't think it's I I don't think it's a very fair, fair time to assess what, a, what kind of job guys did. No question about it with, uh, with Coach Miller, I mean, I I agree with you 1,000%. And another thing is the fact that is it because the Big Ten was so good this year that people are saying, well, we could have been right there in the in the mix of yeah. those great teams going. That was my guess, I, but you're a Big Ten guy, and I'm on the outside looking in, so I didn't know that was the case. Well, you know, I think it's pretty hypocritical, though, when all these big schools are talking about how they don't have any money, they're cutting back and cutting back, but – Auburn pays their guy $23 million. Indiana pays their guy $10 million. You know, everybody wants to win. I did see where a couple of the Pirates went into the uh, portal today. Uh, Rudy went in and, uh, oh, I can't remember the other kid's name. A seven-foot kid. L- Lester. They, Lester. Yeah, yeah. They both went in the portal. And okay. the day I – I had lunch with Joe last week. I think by the time he was in the office and met me for lunch, there were like 450 kids in that Jeez. in that period of three hours that had gone into the pool. I mean, there's going to be 1,500. You know, it's almost it's almost like, especially with all these guys getting another year of eligibility, it's almost like you you're better off recruiting other teams' players than they are taking high school guys. <laughs> You know, just just it's a mess, get, man. I, you know, I, the, just get out, the get transfer the out, like, situation like, in basketball. Go ahead. 
No, like Matt Painter said, Mike, we need a point guard, but we don't need a freshman point guard. We need one that's been starting on a really good team and has two years left, which means he would have been a senior this year. He gets that year back, and then he gets his grad year. And so that that's on their board, their recruiting board, there's no freshman. They're, they're like, who's unhappy at Duke? Who's unhappy at, you know, wherever? And they'll end up getting a really – because they've got everybody back, but they don't have a great point guard. And uh, they'll get one by next year. Yeah. So what about uh, what about the Pirates? How I know that you just said, made a great point. Uh, you can't judge a guy, a uh, lady, for uh, this year as far as being a coach under COVID-19, the umbrella we've had. What about uh, Coach Dooley? Uh, you know, we uh, – with the COVID, when COVID hit us at the beginning of the year, that really we talked about before. But now that we've had another couple of weeks since we've had you on, uh, what are you seeing now as far as recruiting? You know Joe very well. Um, what do you think for next year? Well, I think that this COVID kills a guy like Joe because Joe, he he is really he is a great recruiter, and I mean he he wants to go see the principals, the guidance counselor. He wants to see everybody, and he. And you know now everything's Zoom and it's uh, it, it, it's different. I mean it's different. But you know we beat Houston, who's now in the Sweet 16, and they they rolled over somebody last week. I mean, I just think that the only thing I felt like we were missing was a consistent shooter. And when we beat Houston, our guys were like 10 for 15 from the three, and then. You know, we, we go back to two for 14. or and, and also people don't realize, like Joe, Joe had 28 straight days late, late late in the season where he only had a max of five or six scholarship guys to practice. I mean, they were practicing with managers, with assistant coaches, with grad assistants. It's, it's pretty hard to uh, – and I thought after we beat Houston, I thought we played really good against SMU and really good against Memphis – we just didn't make the shots. So I think I think he's a lot closer than than probably the record ended up being. And nobody's gonna outwork him. And like I said, I told people a long time ago, if Dooley can't get it done, then we're in the wrong conference because that means nobody can get it done. And that's my coach. Opinion. Yeah, Coach uh, Bubba alluded uh, coach, just told me if, that uh, I didn't. Do you know if the kid? What's that? Uh, I, I mentioned uh, we mentioned about Luster, and obviously you told us about Broody. But uh, another one that's a real shocker, but maybe it shouldn't be. Noah Farrakhan is also in the transfer portal. So sad to see him because I thought he had a bright future here. Oh yeah, but that doesn't surprise me a bit. Not one bit. Yeah. I mean, when guys are used to being the guy on the AAU teams, and they're the guy, and you recruit them, and and obviously he came in and wasn't as good as he needed to be yet. But back in the old days, you know, you work and you play more as a sophomore. And by the time you're a junior, senior, you're grown. Well, now with this new rule, that's not going to happen. I mean, if you're, I mean, can't when you look at at Carolina had two or three guys go. I mean, they're these kids have been told for the last five years they're greater than sliced bread, and they're not going to sit on the bench. That it's just, yeah, it's the the way it is now. I, and when he wasn't getting to play later in the year, I got a, had a chance to go to some of the games. His body language was not good. His, I mean, I, 
I I would have been shocked if he didn't go. To be quite honest, and I, I never had a Wait, conversation cool. with, Joe, with Joe about him. It's just his body language was bad. No question about it. And we, we thought um, wind that he he may be. Uh, Dave, I think we got some lag between you and I. Yeah, go ahead. I uh, we caught wind that that Noah had some people in his ear. Uh, God, it may have been in late January, early February, from uh, I can't remember who it was. Former ECU player that lives up in the Baltimore area um, said that there was some people in Noah's ear, and uh, Mo won the pony. He he nailed it. Go ahead. Dave. Oh yeah, I, yeah. Tony like I said, said it. I, I never saw enough of him to think he you know, how good he was going to be or whatever. But I, I knew when he, when he came out of a game and it looked like you were going to have to carry him out because his tongue was hanging on the ground is, you know, I just knew his attitude was bad and yeah, I knew he wasn't going to make it. That's, I mean, I said that two months ago when, you know, it's just the way it is. It's, it's what's really bad though, is that college athletics has gotten to be almost like the free agents in, uh, in, uh, you know, in the pros, you know, like a guy didn't get the play. He's going to hold out. I mean, we need, they need to put in college, they need to put the franchise tag out so that the guy, you can, you can make a guy stay and give him some extra scholarship money or something. Put the franchise tag. Cause we did, we, we did pick up the transfer from Boston college. Uh, well thought of kid who, uh, uh, did really well in ACC play two years ago. Um, do you, do you know, we, we asked DZ about this. Do you know if he's going to be eligible right away coach? Oh yeah, they all are. They, okay. They that, all are. That's Win, that's Winston Tabs. You got you've got one one time you can transfer now without sitting out any. I mean without you've got one time. If you transfer again, you have to sit out a year. But now it's uh it's a wild wild west. You wanna you go, you're you're there, you're 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 playing. Coach, you wanna get your th- Go ahead, Bob. I'm sorry. Now, Coach, still, when you talk about guys developing and, and how that's probably more the exception now in terms of a guy developing his initial program, if he's not, you know, getting those significant minutes right away, uh, a guy like a Noah Farrakhan. Um, but talk about a guy. Are you aware of the story of Jason Preston, uh, the 6'4 guard from Ohio? No. Okay. Uh I was not either until uh, they knocked off UVA, and I saw that in high school, this kid, he's from Orlando, Florida. He'd averaged two points, um, pretty much no options. Uh, went to prep school, pretty much no options. But then he, he continued to pursue his dream, and he used social media to his advantage, you know, um, show, showcasing, you know, his, his skill development workouts and then what game highlights he did have. And Ohio U offered him. And uh, there he is with them, and he nearly averaged a triple double this year. He averaged sixteen. No, I read that. I, I didn't know that. That's what happened. But I did read about a guy that had no offers, and he yeah. averaged almost a triple double. Yeah, it it can happen. It can happen, just not as often as uh, as it used to. Dave, you're on mute. <laughs> Sorry, thank you, Coach. One of the things that really bothers me is the whole LOI, the like of likeness of image. Uh, I just really am concerned about that. And now with the players that are saying they're not NCAA property and they're going to 
I'll tell you what it comes down to, Coach. And I'm just going to be honest because you're a blunt guy, and I appreciate you for that. And you bring that out in all of us, I think, coming on the show. But don't I think there's a lot of – Don't blame me what you're going to say. Don't, don't you do it. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not blaming it on you. I'm not blaming it on you. I just have the courage to say it because of you. Um, but the very fact is there's a lot of kids that would never, ever, ever make the pros. So now they want the NCAA to, NCAA to be the pros because they would never make it. And so are we going to have to start paying high school kids um, because they're going to sit out and not play games? It's uh, the uh, game. You know what? I love basketball so much, and it's getting to be way out of hand. Dave, in, in my opinion, it, it, it should be real easy. I mean, ba basketball should be just like baseball and football. If, you, if you're good enough right out of high school, go. And don't think another thing about it. It, it helped, you know, LeBron, you can go through. The great ones, it works. But if you're going to go to school, going one year is a waste because kids go and they don't go to class. They get put on probation. They know they're leaving at the end of the year. They don't want to be in school. So they need to get rid of that rule. The NCAA needs to suck it up. And I don't care if the NBA is going to sue you or not. Everybody sues everybody anyway. But they need to get rid of that rule. And now the other rule that people don't realize is that the kids now get what the total cost of education. And so that's, that's a subjective decision by whatever schools. So like Wake Forest, I was talking to a guy at Texas Tech when we were there. Texas Tech, they give every one of their students an additional $8,000 cash, I mean a check, for the cost of computers, et cetera, et cetera. But there's no guideline to it. So. If Duke wants to give 20, they can. If, if especially the private schools, Baylor, Baylor, that guy's not going to leave the Baylor job to go to Indiana because he he can get anybody he wants in school, and they and they pay him just yeah. It, but that total cost, and then you go if you're going to pay for your likeness, the first time that star softball player doesn't get her money, Title IX is going to be screaming. It's it's just a mess. It's just it's a mess. And so many of these kids never could go to college if they weren't getting a scholarship and a scholarship, the meals, the, the Pell Grants. I just uh, I just don't think that I don't think it's going to work because you can't you're going to discriminate. You know, you're going to and you'll have players. You'll have a quarterback getting something. The running back thinks he should be getting it. I, it's the guys that make these decisions are in those ivory towers. Coach, two of the tremendous stories in this year's tournament. Um, you have 15th seeded Oral Roberts and then also 12th seeded Oregon State. Oregon State making just their second NCAA tournament appearance ever, uh, tying East Carolina now. <laughs> and and then Oral Roberts uh, taking, out, taking, taking out Ohio State and Florida. Uh, but I was looking at those two teams' seasons. Um, after about 20, 21 ball games, they were both right around 500, and then they just gotten extremely hot. So just talk about that, you know, from a coach's standpoint and um, finding a way to put it all together, much like East Carolina did back in 1992-93. You know, it's, it's funny. When you look at Loyola and you look at Oral Roberts and you look like North Texas State beat my Boilermakers, all those teams had at least four senior starters. And like Purdue has four freshman starters. Now, we haven't played like freshmen this year, but we did in the tournament. 
And so I think that's a big thing. And Oral Roberts now is, I mean, Oregon State's trying to do what NC State did. You know, the only way NC State got in the tournament is they had to win the ACC tournament, and then they just were on a roll. And, and Connecticut did the same thing. These guys, I got, a, I got a funny story to tell you about, in my opinion, about Michigan and Ohio State. So, so Oral Roberts beats Ohio State. In the hotel I'm staying in, there were a bunch of Michigan fans and there were a bunch of Michigan students. By the next morning, there were five Michigan students that came down with T-shirts on that said, Oral Roberts has beat Ohio State more than Jim Harbaugh. Now, how funny is that? I mean, how, how, I mean, that was like within 10 hours, they had T-shirts, Oral Roberts has beat Ohio State more than Jim Harbaugh. That's beautiful. It's beautiful. I told those kids, I said, you need to make about 200,000 of them. And when you're driving home, stop in Columbus, go to every store, charge $25, and then go into Michigan because you'll get a bunch of people in Michigan to buy them too. Hey, Coach, you bringing that up reminds me of the uh, old 30 for 30. Oh, Catholic, Notre Dame, Miami. Catholics versus convicts when they made those T-shirts. I know, I know. Sometimes you got to give them, give the kids credit. You know, Coach Painter and then the Jim uh, – Delaney was ahead of the, the Big Ten. We, one of the things that I thought was interesting is that we've had t basically two years now where there's been no AAU basketball. The shoe companies aren't paying any of the AAU guys because they don't. Th there's no teams. So the shoe companies, and because of the FBI stuff also, they're basically out of business. They're not paying anybody anything. And consequently, it's not really a – there's a, there's a good reason that Kentucky, Duke, Michigan State, Carolina, those teams don't have to cheat, but those AU coaches that are getting paid that then give part of the money to the families, they're telling them, okay, we're Nike, you go visit four Nike schools and, I'm, and pick one, and then I'm going to get X amount of money. Well, that's two years they haven't done it, and it's kind of ironic that – if you'd have been in Vegas and said, I want to bet that Michigan State, uh, Kentucky, uh, I want to bet that Kansas loses a home game by 40, and Duke don't get in the NCAA tournament, you could have pretty big odds on that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I mean, the I first time that Duke and Kentucky not being in the tournament since 76, I mean, that's just hard to even fathom. Yeah. No, I mean, and, and Roy, I think this was the first first – time in 30 years that he didn't win the first that they didn't win the first game at the schools you know he was at kansas and at carolina so obviously he's got he's always getting a high seed but they weren't very good this year and duke was not very good and duke's got guys leaving i mean it'll be interesting to see what happens because uh, you know if if the shoe companies don't get back involved there's a lot of other places people can go besides those top schools hey and coach since you brought up michigan just a moment ago for other reasons um, talk about the job that Jawan Howard has done at his alma mater. You know, I really like Jawan, and 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 Coach Painter really likes him. I, you know, his career, he must be a really great guy because he he played in the NBA for years when he didn't really play. He just sat on the bench, but he, he must be a good person. And then he immediately got hired uh, as an assistant coach in the NBA, and now he's at Michigan. Well, 
Mich you know, Michigan under Jim Bayline, they went to three Final Fours. So, I mean, it isn't like he came to East Carolina and turned them into winning the championship. I mean, he's done a good job, but he had a pretty good, uh, pretty good situation in Michigan uh, before he got there. I mean, they yeah, were, like this. They were knocking on the door to the national championships uh, way before he got there. Yeah, and just kind of piggybacking off what you're saying, I saw a stat in the last few days. Uh, obviously, last year there was no tournament, but um, I think this is four consecutive trips to the Sweet 16 for Michigan. Yeah, and, you know, in Bayline, they are talking about him wanting to coach again, and, you know, I didn't think it was a good idea when Mac Brown went back to Carolina, and, boy, I was wrong there. It's worked out great for him, and Beeline is uh, – you know, he's a great coach. He's won everywhere. He's one of those guys that started at high school, Division three, Division two, junior college, et cetera, and he's won everywhere. So we'll see what happens. You're talking about Gonzaga and Baylor being the two best teams. Are there any – from the now that we have the Sweet 16, what, is there any teams that are the dark horse, the Cinderella, like we were talking about Oral Roberts? Is there a team like that that you're keeping your eye on? Well, I think there's – I think there's 14 of them, to be quite honest. I don't think Michigan's any better than any – I don't think there's anybody any better than anybody else Thank you. Than, except those two teams. I think that Illinois is out, Ohio State's out, those number two seeds are out. And I don't think Michigan – if you if you told me that Michigan loses the next game, it wouldn't surprise me a bit. So – you know, I watched Loyola Chicago beat Illinois, and if you just watch that game, you say, well, my gosh, nobody can beat them. You know, they, they play old-school basketball, and they've got some talent. I mean, they play like Princeton, but with athletes, and, you know, he's he's a good coach, good coach. Well, coach, I was going to ask you about them with Loyola, with the very fact they have more of a slowdown offense. It, you know, and some people would say um, that it definitely – it's not exciting, but hey, if you win the basketball game, then that's pretty exciting. That's the most important. That's exciting is to win the game, right? I mean, that's the most no, important you remember, thing. You remember when, when uh, some of the East Carolina faithful, you know, they they said Logan he scored too fast. Hmm. Well, well, we haven't had that to complain about for a long time. <laughs> or, or, or when your boy, or when your boy Skip was here, and we were winning with ugly, the ugly baby defense. Oh no, you know what? And Skip, Skip's old school. I talked to Skip a week ago, and he's. You know, he's about COVID it out, but uh, he 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 was from the school, like from his dad is like, if you get ahead of a team, you have to make them beat you. And you look back, I mean, uh, he won, he won all these games. Our defense was so good. And if we got the lead, he was going to grind it out, grind it out, and he was going to win 21 to 17. He wasn't going to beat you 48 to 17. And now he's he's opened it up at La Tech because their defense isn't like it, like it was here. So, yeah, as long as you're winning, uh, you know, people of Virginia thought Tony Bennett's offense was bad, and then two years ago when they won the national championship, it was the right way to play basketball. It's incredible. <laughs> Just win. Hey, back, in the, back in the day with Pete Carrill and, uh, at Princeton, uh, I remember when they beat UCLA, wa watching them with all the, the backdoor cuts and so forth, and that was a lot of fun. No, you know, when they, and that was when they didn't have a shot clock, and so they could do that all day. 
and all of a sudden guys start cheating, trying to steal the ball. I mean, I can remember watching them play Georgetown, and they had, I mean, they had uh, Patrick Ewing, but they had those other, all those guys. And, God, they had to chase them around, and they'd go in the zone, and they just hold the ball. And the, the shot clock has been a, a, a you know, a big game changer. No question. Coach, when I was a kid with the, the Carolina with the four corners and all the uh, – they won a lot of games back in then. But, man, that was that – was, that was really – as a little kid watching the four corners, that was just really rough. Uh, I know Carolina fans may be mad for me saying that, but – that was just unbelievable to sit there and be six to two or like oh, it would no. be a baseball score in the first half. Remember that remember when they played Virginia with Ralph Sampson? They were like one and two in the country. It was like four to two at halftime. You think yeah. the TV guys weren't going crazy? It's like, are you kidding me? Dave, when you said when you were young, were they, were they still banging the peach basket? Were they did they take the ball out every time or how'd they do that? Yeah, I had a meet and greet with James Naismith. <laughs> 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 no, I, I, uh, I just remember that it was, you know, I always have heard, I don't know if this is true, coach, you're a coach to help me out, but I've always heard that the reason why we have the shot clock is because of Dean Smith. And the reason why we have the double bonus is Jimmy Valvano. No. And you know what? I think, I think the worst rule, and there's a bunch of them. Well, they don't do the jump ball because the officials can't do it right. Well, guess what? How about you? T how about you? How about you take a, a couple days and learn how to throw up the jump ball? I mean, come on. But and I told Ramey Steins, and I said, Ramey, this year you should give back half your money. You're just doing scrimmages. You're, I mean, there's no fans yelling at you. You're just and the coaches have a mask on for crying out loud. You can't. Yeah. But the worst rule. And again, those I, that ivory tower. They did the two-shot foul because of Avano, but they didn't realize that, well, guess what? Coaches coach against the clock. So if I foul you and you get two free throws, you make them both, I'm going to try to make a three, I'm going to foul you again. All it's done is slow the game down at the end, and it doesn't change anything. I'd rather have guys have to make a one-on-one -on -one because then coaches might decide, well, we're, you know, we're, we're going to foul the guy. He misses. Now the other team's got to say, maybe we need to play. Maybe we need, instead of holding the ball, maybe we need to go play. I've seen a lot of guys that, you know, and fans that go, well, what are they shooting for? Well, when you got that shot clock, if you hold it down to 30 seconds, you've turned down two good shots, and now you got five shot seconds to shoot it. Those are guys that lose the games. That's, yeah, that's how coaches get fired. No question. And that's uh, something that, uh, like you said, uh, as far as basketball and recruiting wise, with you know, we're talking about Dooley. Uh, do you see that things are getting better? It looks like with COVID, do you see things going back to where we don't do everything with Zoom with recruiting? Oh, I hope so. I mean, I you know, I hope so in all our businesses. I mean, in, in everything. But you know, I I think that the kid from Boston College. I think we got a good one there, and uh, and. And Joe and Rock had some relationship with one of the coaches up there. And I think he'll come in and help us right away. And that's probably the reason, one of the reasons that the other guy left is because they saw them bringing this guy in who's played in the ACC. And his chances of beating that guy out probably aren't very good. So he did, 
it's a you know the domino theory. It's so he's gone. He'll go somewhere else, and somebody else will go somewhere else. Not only played in the ACC, but played successfully in meaningful minutes in the ACC. No, and and you know, I used to tell guys, you know, the best the best place to coach really is Division three, because they pay their own way. And I used to tell the parents, and and we were fortunate at DePaul where I coached that we had new facilities and great school. But I tell them, I'd say, look, this is perfect because. If, if your son doesn't like me and wants to quit, he can quit and go play on the fraternities and he'll be happy as he can be. And if I don't think he's good enough, I'm going to tell him he's not good enough and then he can go play for the fraternities and be happy as he can be. And that's that's the ideal position, really, because you, you can't start telling guys you're going to start, you're going to play, and then it doesn't happen. You know, that's one of the things that I argue with football coaches. We're in spring ball now, like the COVID, you can't be around, but now everybody's doing spring football practice. Now, why would they say we're not going to do spring football practice this year? Nobody's going to do it. So now you don't have to worry about the COVID because if you're the best player in the spring and the first day of fall, I used to tell Skip this all the time, and that kid gets off out of his car and he's the best quarterback, it makes no difference what that guy did in the spring. You don't even know his name. He's out. And I, I, I was really surprised that somebody didn't step up and say, there's no reason for all these kids to be right on top of each other in spring football when, I don't know, I just think it's a waste of money and time and those damn football coaches drive me crazy. You you, 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 you wash your mouth out with Coach Mike Seal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love it when my boy Scott Shook will say, you want to come watch practice? I'm like, are you kidding me? It's 70 degrees, and you want me to go watch spring ball where half these guys won't even get in the game? Half of them won't graduate. You're building depth, Coach. You're building depth. Okay. Kyle, you're done. Who's next? (laughs) Uh, So talk about basketball. Do you think uh, your final four would be Gonzaga? You also have in there Baylor. Are you going to put two Cinderella's with those two, obviously? Well – I put Illinois in about four of them, so I'm really not into the brackets right now. I'm not sure who – I'm not – I don't – in fact, I wrote it down. I was going to say I did my homework, but I left it in the car. So, I don't know what brackets – I don't have them in front of me. And I – once Illinois and Purdue lost, I kind of lost, you know, lost a little interest. So, who are you guys picking? Besides, let's assume that Gonzaga and Baylor get in. I mean, they're in the Final Four. So, who are you guys picking? Pick them besides that, and then I'll critique them. I'd have to look at the brackets to make sure. I yeah, don't that's what I'm looking. Here. You guys are supposed to have the brackets. I've got the, I've got the bracket. I do have the bracket here. So in the uh, West, I'm going to take Gonzaga. You have uh, in the South is Baylor, and then we'll. Uh, I've got to scroll down here so I can see the whole bracket. There we go. Um, in the East, you have a choice of let's see. So the East it will be Michigan, Florida State. And UCL in Alabama. Oh man, I'll go with. Uh, I'm going Florida State there. Yeah, that's why I was leaning between yeah, Florida State the and Alabama. Been so good. <laughs> no, uh, I, I, I'm no fan Alabama. of the ACC. Believe me. Hey Kyle, I did watch the uh, Florida State game, and I'll tell you, they can really guard. They really guard you. I mean, they just took. They took them right out of the game. I, I like Florida State. I like him. and uh, He's the 
youngest 72 year old I've ever seen. I don't know what the heck he, what he eats <laughs> or drinks, but and he's a good guy. No, okay. Uh, coach, what's, next? what's next? Coach in the Midwest, we have that's where a lot of the uh, the low seeds are. Loyola, Chicago. You have the Oregon State, um, Oklahoma State game. Syracuse. Um, so you have, I'm sorry, um, you have the Loyola, Chicago, um, Oregon State, and then you have in the other game, you would have Syracuse and Houston. Wow. Uh, Somebody just yelled for you, Coach. Yeah, no, I, I'm taking, I'm taking Loyola. I'm taking right. Loyola to go. And I hope Houston does just for, you know, conference purposes, yeah. but uh, I, and and they're good. They're well coached. They're a good team, but and this year they might be good enough to go to the Final Four. I mean, you know, you don't have to have a superstar this year. The 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 Houston Syracuse will be interesting because they play such a different style of basketball. That'll that'll be a good game. Let's just say where the unthinkable were to happen, and Houston were to win it all, be national champions. How much, if any, does that help recruiting that we beat them? I mean. Is that something that's really going to make a difference on the recruiting trail, or are the kids not going to care? Oh, I think it's something that we would pr- probably, obviously, emphasize. But, you know, I don't think in the big picture they care about where they eat and where the girls are and where they practice and where they well, get easy If this classes. based on where the girls are, we should be winning national championships. No, and that COVID hurts us not being able to bring guys on uh, campus. Sure, sure, no, you're sure, right. Sure. No, when I was <laughs> when I was coaching, like I'd go to these pirate club functions. The first year, I'd go and you know I'd meet guys and I'd say, you know, when did you go to school? And they'd say, uh, seventy three to eighty one. And I'd go, well, did you get your doctorate? And they go, no, I worked at the elbow. Yeah, it, it, I tell people all the time, it's hard to it's hard to recruit guys here, but once you get them here, you can't get rid of them. They stay forever. Yeah. yeah. We should have – we could have the best 30 and over league in the country with East Carolina people. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's – that's it. Well, Coach, uh, I know that you're being called there. Thank you so much for coming on. And, no, uh, it's always <laughs> fun. In fact uh, – Again, if you you guys may have, but but if it gets to the final four, we it'd be fun to do this again to see who's in the final four because I don't think, you know, well, Kyle, who's in the final four? I, I, uh, I'm, I'm well, going. I'm uh, Kyle, Kyle, take the chewing yeah. tobacco out. Who's in the final four? No, I, you, know, I, <laughs> you know, you know, I actually do chew, Mike. That's funny you say that. Okay. Um, <laughs> he does. <laughs> Taylor's proud, baby. <laughs> but, I uh, don't have any in right now, but uh, you know, I'll go. Uh, I'll go. Um, I'll go. <laughs> bubble of that one. I'll, I'll go Gonzaga. I'll go Gonzaga. Florida State. Um. Geez, uh, Loyola, Chicago, Baylor, Baylor, Baylor. Yeah. Baylor. Yeah. Boy, that was insightful. That's good. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> look, look! I, I, I'll be the first to tell anybody: basketball is the sport I am least knowledge. Will you get back to me during football season, and uh, and I'll answer some questions for you? Well, you know what? We took uh, bagels into to Coach Godwin this past week, two weeks ago, and he had a good run, and 
he says to Drew, you know, we take him into the coaches and different, and he goes, Drew, we're going to have a good season this year. We need you out there. We need to have you come to the games. And Drew goes, Coach, I'm not much of a baseball guy. <laughs> and Coach Godwin, and Coach Godwin goes on, Drew, I'm, you can be in the dugout. You can be the bat boy when you come, and we'll get you food. It's going to really be fun for you. And then he said, you know, Coach, baseball's pretty slow. <laughs> yeah, baseball's pretty slow. I said, Coach, you gave it a shot, you know. <laughs> no. And if that doesn't show that Drew Steele is brutally honest, you know, there are kids in this in Pitt County that would crawl to be in the dugout. Drew's like, nah, that's pretty, baseball's pretty slow for me. Uh, Drew knows where it's at. It's just on the football field. Uh, we hope. I tell you what, we ended. I was excited. I, I sent Coach Houston a text and said that was the best. The first half we played against SMU, I said that's the best half of football I've seen here since Skip was here. And then I said, you know, I might have to change that. I said that's maybe the best half of football I've seen since I've been here. I mean, that's if we could have ended the basketball season beating Houston like football did beating yeah. SMU, I think oh, that. Everybody would be 100% all in on uh, on both sports. Not only that, it was back to back wins. We beat Temple before that, and yeah, had a lot of positive momentum. And I, I really look at the in job that, you know, talking about talking about spring ball earlier. This is the first year that we're really going to get a spring practice with the current defensive staff. And I really liked some things I saw out of the defense last year, particularly in the back end. Um, I think we're going to have our best defense this year. If not since the skip days, at least since 2015, uh, Rick Smith's last year. No, here. So, uh, and you know what? We've got a running. We got a running back with some speed, and yep. and you know, Ehlers, like he has another year. So, I mean, technically, I guess he has two years left. Two, right? years. two years. Yeah, two years. Yep, counting the uh, COVID year. Yeah, um, I think we're going to be pretty good this year. I, I really, uh, I know you know we're baseball season in the middle of March Madness, but. I really believe that we're going to be bowling this year. I, I oh, got yeah. a, lot, a lot of confidence in uh, Houston and staff, and I like I'm what sorry, we got Kyle, coming back. Kyle, did you say Boeing or bowling? Bowling. 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 Okay. Bowling. Well, hey, hey you, coach, he's like like Colette Canel back in the day when Saban got high. I'll let you go because I know you got NASCAR on later tonight. So I'll. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. We'll All right, see you. We hey, bowling, coach. baby. We bowling. Bye bye. Bye bye. I'm gonna get and, and get me confused with Coach Mike. We bowling. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, Coach Mike's still always uh, fun to have him on, and uh, guys, uh, a lot of fun, a lot of entertainment. We'll have him back on for um, for the final four. <laughs> I, I, I think Hank Junior. I think Hank Junior wrote a song about him. He said, uh, "I'd love to spit some beach nut in that dude's eye." Uh... Yeah. <laughs> Shoot him with mobile. Cut your boy cancer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Put you in the back of reference there. <clears throat> well, yeah, that was that was classic. That was that was that's why we have Coach Steele on. You never know what he's going to say, but uh, but it's spot on, right, Bubba? Oh, no doubt. Love talking with Coach Steele. He he's a character, and uh, look forward to having him back here in the next week or two to talk about the Final Four. But uh, I thought we'd have a little bit of a roundtable. Um, obviously, the Pirates have had a few spring practices now, and some of the things that really stood out to me, um, DJ Ford and the defensive back yeah. transfer out of North Carolina. Um, man, he, does he look the part, and uh, he's, he certainly played the part at times for the Tar Heels. Very excited about him and 
you could tell Coach Houston was as well. And I, I can imagine, uh, you know, Blake Harrell and the defensive staff, how excited they are about him. And then in addition to DJ Ford, um, you know, uh, you have Keziah Everett uh, moving over to the offensive line. Yeah, I think uh, you mentioned Ford, and I talked about the secondary earlier. I really like our staff on the back end of the defense, our corners coach and our safeties coach. And I thought the secondary played well at times last year. Now you bring in a guy like Ford. Um, I think there's going to be a lot of depth at corner and safety. I yep. think uh, I think our defensive secondary can be really good this year. If you can get any kind of pressure on the quarterback, I think we could have a really good secondary. Yeah, in fact, uh, Ronnie Woodward had an article today. Uh, Ronnie Woodard uh, with the, the reflector and the title, the headline for his article was Ford Tough. And so I was like, uh, no. Well, let's not, let's not, let's not have a spring superstar. Just, you know, you know, you don't want to hype some dude up and then in the fall, you don't live up to expectations. So I, I don't know. I might, but Bubba, he's, Bubba, he, isn't he like 6'2, 215? If I read the article right, somewhere around there, 6'2, uh, 6'3, 215. So uh, definitely it's great to have. Uh, yeah, sorry. Son. I was trying to own uh, myself. Yeah. I'm trying to do what? Uh, Bubba's in robot mode. I'll look it up right quick. What? <laughs> you were breaking up, Bubba. Gotcha. There we go. Yeah. Anyway, that was uh, one of the things I remember for him, his size and uh, his athleticism, and it's going to be great for the, you know, you talk about depth. I mean, that's going to be uh, our defense. This is the, you're right, uh, Kyle, I hadn't thought about that. This is the best defense we've had uh, going on at the end of rough or certainly skip. I mean, that's, it, it, that's it, has really potential. it has the potential. You know, we haven't yeah. done it yet, but uh, I don't, you know, I don't want to go back and forth to say it's going to be as the best we've had since rough, excuse me, since Skip was here because you're talking about the 09 defense. <laughs> But I, I do think that we can say with pretty good confidence that, that this will by far be the best defense we've had since 2015, Rick Smith's last year. I think we can say that with confidence. No question. We're going to have a, a great uh, offense, too. And you were talking about Keziah Everett, uh, Bubba. That means uh, with the defensive line, it's going to be really stacked and packed like we thought. Yeah, the defensive line um, last year, you know, a lot of guys having to grow up in a hurry, um, like I heard in a recent interview with Jeff Charles. Um, I'm trying to remember who, if he, if he was talking to Coach Houston or who he was interviewing, but uh, he may have actually just been talking um, to on some local programming, and um, he was talking about how those guys on the defensive front were force-fed in 2020, but um, it's going to pay off down the road for sure. And, you know, talk – Talk about a crowded room. Look at the tight end position. Uh, you have Brian Gag, former quarterback, who I'm uh, pretty sure uh, you know opted out last season and uh, was back home in Florida from from everything I recall. And you know, he he was six three, six four. You know, probably I think six three, two ten, two fifteen, and now he's two forty five. Yeah. Uh, did the kid from? Is the kid from Oklahoma that was moving to tight end? Is was is he here yet, Bubba? He's here, and uh, he got some off the field trouble. Uh, that's Ryan Jones. Uh -oh. You're uh -oh. that's Ryan Jones. You're referring to, and Coach Houston was asked about his off the field issues, and he said he's currently suspended, but he's been um, at practice, but not practicing, and he he's doing the things that he needs to do with the university, um, also the legal system, and uh, also with Coach Houston and the football program to earn his way back. 
And we still but, 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 but he's still very much a part of the program. We're still going to keep him at tight end. I know that was the idea when he came here, but God Almighty, we got enough at tight end. Any chance we yeah, leave I him mean, at outside linebacker or, or a defensive end? It may depend on you know how well and how quickly he comes back and how he looks at tight end, and then um, you know how some of those other guys look, and may, maybe how much we could use him at uh, an outside backer or whatever. Well, you know, I think he lost his bargaining chips by coming here and getting in trouble. I know we brought him in and he wanted to get the ball in his hand to play tight end, but. You know, if we got depth tied in and that kid has started in the Big 12 at outside linebacker, uh, I believe we could probably use him there. <laughs> I mean, I'm just guessing. Well, that yeah. very uh, – and the fact that it says, uh, like like I told you guys, one of the things that made me so mad with Montgomery is the fact we had no tight end room pretty much. It was sad. Uh, and, and you got the kid from Temple that just transferred in, the former old yeah. player. Yeah, Aaron Jarman. I mean, we are loaded to tight end, and we need to utilize them more. And the kid that started the tight end last year, uh, what's the name? Shane Bubba? Calhoun. Shane yeah. Calhoun, he looked great when he got the ball in his hands. Exactly. Uh, uh, you know, I remember a catch and run he had against Georgia State and also um, against yep. SMU. Yep. Yeah, so yeah. He, uh, we, have a- uh, we need to utilize it more. That's the whole thing. You got all this damn depth there, and, and we haven't really been utilizing the tight end in the passing game very much. And you, you would think now um, – one of those kids is going to step up with the running game we got with those two and, and be a really good run blocker. And, uh, you know, if you, you, you can you can play multiple tight ends. You can have a kid that can run block from that tight end position and then one that's a good catching tight end. There's going to be, with that amount of depth, hopefully we'll, we'll, we'll find a kid that can really get the ball in his hand to make some plays and then a, a kid that can help us in the run blocking game. And, guys, speaking of, Ryan Jones will put up uh, here from Johnny Gardner. Uh, who says that he was able to practice yesterday and all by all accounts showed out talent level. He did practice yesterday. Now, did they, where did they play him at, Johnny? Did they play him at tight end or, or on the defensive side of the ball? I assume he's talking about tight end, but we'll see. We'll find out uh, by our good friend Johnny Gardner, who a uh, listener and uh, a super fan of the show. Appreciate him very much chiming in. You can also chime in if you want to be a part of our I mean, Round good God, if, he, if he's tight in the tight end room, too, I mean, holy crap, can we play a free tight end set? Does that exist? Yeah, tight end is where oh, you play. Something else is very encouraging that you hear Coach Houston, the excitement in his voice, how fired up he is, is that he and this staff have the, have the culture in place and just the expectations as far as how hard we're going to play and, and, and how physical we're going to play. And uh, – and the guys have totally bought in and because they knew if they didn't, um, their chances of seeing the field were, were nil. So, I mean, this, this is awesome. Uh, to, you know, just to see coach Houston, um, cause you know, he, he's talked about it time and again, just, uh, he's, he said, man, Tuesday can't get here fast enough, obviously referencing the first day in pads. And yeah. so it's going to be interesting to see how the rest of the spring goes. Yeah. Instead, hey, guys, of coach, uh, instead of having to coach how to do it, he can just coach what to do. Go ahead, Dave. Guys, by the way, Johnny Gardner said he destroyed some linebackers and DBs in practice here. So, okay. <laughs> talk about Ryan Jones. All right. Well, hopefully Ryan will keep his nose clean. And if he's already able to practice, that's great. And uh, if he's that effective at tight end, I mean, I just – Jesus Christ. I, you, I, yeah. I, I've i never seen this kind of depth, and it kind of has happened overnight at tight end. And you, you wonder how we're going to get all these guys on the field. I mean, I, uh, and this will be an interesting – it, this is this is it's an interesting development to me. Um, so what you're saying? We're going to, have to play 14 guys. On- <laughs> <laughs> no. We have we haven't even talked. We haven't even talked about Zach Bird. Yeah. Oh, wow. 
it, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, I, I honestly don't recall hearing anything about this, and this, this may not even be an option, but, ju- you know, just with his size, 6'7", 270 or whatever he is, uh, it would be interesting to see if there is uh, some possibility, depending on how some of those other tight ends pan out, if he is moved to uh, offensive line. Yeah. And, uh, do, 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 Bob, have you heard anything more about the kid from Texas Tech, speaking of offensive line? I have not. Okay. Um, I, uh, you know, it's, it's like I said, I, I'm excited about the football season. Uh, I think we got a lot of, a lot of depth, more depth than we've had in a long, long time, but particularly at certain positions. And, uh, like, like I, like Bob alluded to, and I said, we're not having to coach effort and how, we just got to tell them what to do instead of how to do it now. And Johnny brings up a good point. Johnny brings up a good point um, with so many guys in that room. Uh, obviously, we're not going to be using six or seven. But um, you know what I just put up there as far as uh, them all having having their their niche um, within the within the scheme. You know whether a couple are better receivers, and then you have some that maybe uh, are more like a Rob Cass once he got moved to tight end where where they're more of a blocker. Right, yes. And, that's what you know, I was cert, cert, and maybe they'll move them into the backfield like you would see Bryce Williams at times and uh, aligning as a, a fullback, kind of like Steve Logan used to do a lot. Yeah. And uh, to answer your question about uh, the guy from Texas Tech, he visits, uh, visited us at Virginia Tech last week, still making decisions, so he hadn't made a decision yet. I'll worry about him. Okay. Well, Johnny needs to just come on and be a part of the podcast. Evidently, he knows more than we do. So I don't know what good we are to him. Uh, but, <laughs> He's always, uh, hey, Johnny, you're always welcome, my friend. You've all got a spot at the table. You, you're always welcome. I, um, I, so he's visiting us and visiting up in Blacksburg. Well, that's, uh, I can tell you what, son, you, you come to East Carolina, you're probably going to start. So uh, make your decision based on that. And we have the prettiest lady who's still on the planet, right? <laughs> prettiest co-ed, so. That's right. Um, yes. Come on, come on to Greenville and, uh, and get, get you some. I don't know. <laughs> uh, anyway, let's move right along. Uh, Pirates are looking for, uh, we're looking, we go on the road with baseball, and we want to promote our own deck. I had a chance to sit down with uh, Coach Mike Kennedy, and uh, the Pirates are going to be playing Friday and Saturday, only two games, and we'll tell you why. We asked Coach about why there's only two games, and he'll tell us why in the interview, and we'll have that out, right, Bubba? Yeah, that's already on YouTube, and, and we've uh, sh- we shared that link on Facebook, and it'll be on Twitter as well, uh, pinned at the top of our page on Twitter. So definitely go, definitely go check that out. Um, about 15 or 16 minutes with Mike Kennedy, the longest tenured coach in the state. Uh, he's tied with Elliott Avent uh, as most – as uh, most time at his current institution. No question about it. Pirates uh, looking to do that. And, of course, next week uh, we'll have a big game with uh, UNC so um, and Greenville on Tuesday night. So we've got a big uh, in-state rivalries with uh, Elon and UNC coming up over the next three games. So that's going to be great. And uh, we'll see how the, the Pirates do this weekend. And, of course, early midweek next week uh, with with UNC and Bubba, of course, we have uh, one of our mind fans. We have extra innings coming up on Sunday night, brought to you by X uh, by Next Level Training Center. Want to give a shout out to Trent Britt and all the great folks in Greenville there on Wimbledon Drive. Everything they do, 
nextleveltc.com. You can go to Facebook, uh, to their great Facebook page. They're fantastic. They do great work. And I can speak firsthand about that being there. And I have my son be at a clinic. They're just uh, out of this world great. And that's why we have them sponsoring extra innings. Again, Sunday night, we'll have that after the – we'll find out how the Pirates do against Elon traveling to Burlington and then get you previewed for Tuesday night's game in Greenville against UNC. Also want to give a shout-out to another great sponsor, Mark Minikazi, uh, pgxgloves.com. We'll have our pgxgloves.com. Uh, we'll have player of the game and also PGX Gloves pitcher of the game. I uh, want to give them a shout out, Kyle. They've got everything at PGX Gloves. I'm getting ready to. Uh, I'm getting some gloves for my daughter. Uh, she's playing softball, so I'm getting her some uh, gloves as well. Yeah, PGXGloves.com. Obviously, golf gloves, baseball gloves, softball gloves. I'm sure they got gloves for wide receivers. Any kind of glove you can think of, uh, they got it at PGXGloves.com. And don't forget also about the swag at PGX Gloves and put in code ECU at checkout. Save yourself 25%. No question. Great stuff. And, guys, uh, do you have anything before we go? Just looking forward to uh, see if we can get back on track. Uh, Baseball America projected us to be a number seven national seed. So, let's see if we can live up to expectations over the next three games. And I have not seen anything announced yet. But with just playing two games this weekend against Elon, it will be interesting to see how we handle the situation uh, with the with the rotation. Obviously, last week you had Gavin Williams, Jake Kuchmaner, and then uh, obviously um, you had Carson Wisenhunt in the Sunday Sunday slot in the rotation. Um, this week with just those two, um, be interesting to see uh, who's the odd man out and uh, you know, maybe seeing a little action out. No doubt. No, no doubt about it. Good luck to the Pirates. We'll see how they do. Guys, thank you so much to Coach Mike Steele. Appreciate uh, Kyle from LaGrange Barber uh, there. And uh, beam me up, Scotty. Uh, Bubba, thank you, buddy, for all that you do behind the scenes and producing as well. And uh, appreciate you. Until next time, you've been watching and listening to The Sports Objective. Good night, everybody. Go Pirates. <laughs>